Hello and welcome to the podcast Paper Trail Pro. My name is Kieran McCarch. I'm a writer and project manager with the charity Paper Trail, which supports victims and survivors of the conflict in Ireland and Britain. I've been discussing a series of stories from Lost Archives, which are published in my latest book, Trope, Essays and Articles. In our last podcast, I outed Britain's Man and Maynooth and examined the cosy relationship between a highly influential Irish Monsignor and a British covert spy and propaganda unit. In this podcast, I discuss where my family history intersected the life of one Lord Jerry Fitt in a secret and shady meeting at Westminster. And I ask the question, was Jerry Fitt a snake in the grass? Welcome to Paper Trail Pro. Hidden History Real Lives and the Legacy of Conflict in Ireland and Britain. The podcast for readers of the Lost Archives. Make history. Follow the paper trail. All the buried documents which I have discovered and placed in the public domain. The contents of this particular one left me more troubled, more deflated than the rest for some reason. Now I am conditioned to reading about disinformation from British governmental, police, army and intelligence files regarding victims and survivors of the conflict, including the day my own grandparents and the other victims of the McGurk's Bar Massacre of 4th of December 1971. My grandmother, Kathleen, was one of 15 civilians murdered that night and my grandfather was badly injured. Two children were among the dead. The mountain of state black propaganda which blamed our innocent family members for the bombing and labelled them terrorists may be upsetting to the families to this day, but I expected no less from these authorities. The lie was theirs. They created it for a reason, so I expect them to have exploited it. But the outrageous commentary in this document did distress me though, as it leisurely came from the lips of one of our own political representatives, Jerry Fitt. Fitt is a divisive character even within working class Irish nationalism. To Irish Republicans during the conflict, he may have simply been fit to Brit, especially when he abstained on a crucial vote which allowed Margaret Thatcher and her Tories to take power, and then he took a seat in the British House of Lords as Lord Fitt of Bells Hill. Fit may even be a divisive character within the ranks of the Social Democratic Labour Party, which he helped form. Now, regardless of what way you sway, there's no doubt in Fit's prominence or importance in the history of the Northern Irish state, and all from a man from such humble beginnings. That's a podcast for somebody else, though. This podcast regards dirty secrets in a file marked confidential and dated just days before Christmas 1971. I discovered record of a somewhat surreptitious meeting between Jerry Fitt, the then leader of the Social Democratic and Labour Party, or SDLP, and Reginald Maudling, British Home Secretary at the time. It should be noted that this is a record of a reported conversation between the two by one of them, and neither is alive to confirm nor deny its contents. Maudling records. I had over an hour alone here with Jerry Fitt this morning while his constituent was seeing Mr Howard Drake. I think he welcomed the excuse for being able to come here, although he would not wish his visit to be known. 
By then, the SDLP had withdrawn support from Northern Ireland government and begun a campaign of civil disobedience due to the British use of internment against Irish Catholics. Nevertheless, Pitt reportedly told Maudling that he wanted talks to start. But Maudling records that Fitt dare not take the initiative unless he is given some excuse for doing so. He believes that the provisionals do not want the ending of internment. They are getting so much money from sympathisers abroad as a result of internment that even the families of those interned are better off than they would be with the internees released. This was an egregious statement regarding hundreds of ordinary families, and many, if not most, were his constituents. Families were left destitute, some for years, when their main or only breadwinner was dragged from the family home and turned without charge or trial. Fit should have known this too, as many petitioned his help. Nevertheless, Fit was concerned about the hearts and minds of his constituents, if modelling is to be believed, although the methods with which he wished to woo them took a macabre turn. He, quote, deplored the murder of Senator Barnhill, unquote. The official IRA had killed the Unionist Senator and then blew up his house on 12th of December 1971, but Fit, as Maudling records, did not feel that our propaganda had made nearly enough of the moving and attempted destruction of the Senator's body. He thought that properly exploited, this aspect could have had a considerable effect on Catholic public opinion. To talk of the death of any single human being in such terms is bad enough. But then to use the death of 15. Maudling records that Jerry Fitt believed that the explosion in McGurk Spa was the deliberate work of the provisionals and that, if this could be proved, it would produce a dramatic effect on Catholic opinion, even to the extent of giving him the excuse to join discussions. The so-called facts that Fitt was supposed to have based his belief that, quote, the explosion was deliberately engineered by the provisionals, unquote, included pinning the blame on two of the victims, one of which died. Maudlin records that Fett told him, The bar was normally used by older men. Among the casualties was one man of 25, killed, and another of 19, Macaulay or some such name who lost a leg. It was out of the norm for people of this age group to be found in the bar. Edward Keane was enjoying a quick paint with his friend Roddy McCorley, an 80-year-old customer, Mr Griffin, before heading home to his young family. His wife and family were pulled out of their home a few hours later when the British Army raided it and dozens of others. Edward's family didn't know that he was dead at that stage. Fit attended Edward's funeral. The main pretext for the bombing being peddled in the press by the RUC British Army and government was that McGurk's bar bombing was an IRA own goal. I of course have proved that this lie was created and disseminated by these very state agencies without any evidence whatsoever. You can even read documentary proof I have on the McGurk's Bar website, mcgurksbar.com, that this lie originated from a secret agreement between Brigadier Frank Kitson and the RUC hours after the bombing. Nevertheless, despite even this black propaganda, Jerry Fitt is alleged to have believed that the bomb was not in transit either. No weapons were found by troops and police searching the debris, or on any of the killed or injured. Had the explosion been caused accidentally by someone taking refuge in the bar on their way to plant the bomb in a Protestant area, they would certainly have been in possession of arms. This is agonising, 
as Jerry Fitt criminalised or sought to criminalise at least two victims with absolutely no evidence whatsoever. In this instance, Jerry Fitt was no better than the state authorities who sought to criminalise them all, including my own grandmother. All of the victims were his constituents. He knew many of the families personally. He even attended some of the funerals, including Edward Keynes. He should have known of the innocence of each and every single one of the victims and survivors in spite of the mountain of disinformation that the state had parroted in the weeks prior to this. But instead, Maudlin reported that Jerry Fitt felt that every effort should be made to pin responsibility for the explosion on the provisionals. If that was the case, finding the true culprits meant as little to Jerry Fitt as it did to the RUC, British Army and the governments of Northern Ireland and Britain. Maudlin assured Fitt that the fact that he had talked to him would be strictly confidential, but he recorded the conversation and it was filed in public records where I found it over 42 years later. Maudlin then recorded, He was particularly anxious that in any communication which might arise from his visit to the authorities in Northern Ireland, and in particular to the police, that there should be no mention of the views which he had expressed about the explosion in McGurk's bar. Any indication that he had voiced suspicions of involvement by the provisionals in this incident would be suicide for him. I gave him an absolute assurance on this point. If it became known that he had visited the Home Office, he intended to say only that he had accompanied his constituent who had come to see officials. Jerry Fitt did a great disservice to his party and his constituency, although he soon fell out of favour with both anyway. The SDLP in our local community have been relentless in their support for our campaign for truth. If we are to place our trust in what a British Home Secretary reported and believe that this is not just another heinous article of British black propaganda, Jerry Fitt was not our voice in Parliament, but a snake in the grass. Nevertheless, we may have a better understanding as to why Britain made him a lord when he no longer had a mandate to represent us. You can read about this and other historical discoveries in a collection of my essays and articles called Trope, which is available for only one ninety nine on Kindle and every single penny of the profits go to the charity Paper Trail. On our website, www w.papertrail.pro you will find details of the work we do which includes offering advocacy support to victims and survivors of the conflict. Truth recovery and information retrieval is of course a key component of that work. This project is also supported by the European Union's Peace 4 programme and is managed by the special EU programmes body and victims and survivors service. In our next Paper Trail Pro podcast I will examine the murder of an unarmed civilian in West Belfast in the early 70s, the circumstances of which were buried by the British state for nearly half a century. Until now. Peter Trail Pro.